the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go till 2 a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Folks, it's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. It's Justin Katz. And uh, Justin, I want to start off with the yesterday, this car rally that took place, highly organized, filled with teachers filled with as much as they say grassroots they always try to say concern students and parents and teachers this is a i believe a union-led operation uh riding around the rhode island department of education yesterday they had speeches and their message to governor Raimondo, uh commissioner infante green is it's not safe no one should go back is also now the thing you know lives over lessons they are putting forth a message that is people are going to die if you send them back to the classroom. I'd like to uh, begin by uh, getting your impressions of yesterday. Well, I, you can't help but wonder if this, uh, I mean, we're in an era of protest at this point. You, know, you, you protest for everything and, and nobody can make any decisions that you don't like. And I think it's, it's to some extent we're, we're seeing the bottom line for a lot of the things we've put up with in our society and in our governance and in our schools. And what strikes me is the idea that it's all or nothing, right? Nobody gets to make their own decisions. If you're a, if you're a teacher and you're fine with going back to school, in fact, maybe you want to get back to work and you don't like the idea of sitting around collecting a paycheck, or if you're doing a Zoom stuff, you just don't want to do that anymore. You have no voice in this. You have to go with what it's, it's everybody goes back or nobody goes back. And if you're a parent, you know, you, you use the public schools, then you've got to, you've got to put up with whatever the solution is you, that they come up with. Um, so I, I, I think it's a good indication of why we need a, it's not a good idea to use government for as many things as we use it for. And what, what, one thing that comes out of this that we ought to have more of is school choice. And there, if you're a, if you're a student who in a family that wants to fine with going back to school or wants some balance of in class or out of class, you can find a provider, a school that will give you that. And those schools can hire and attract the teachers who are at that level of, of interest. Uh, but with the idea, the, the sense you start to get, and we saw this months ago in Massachusetts where the unions were one of the biggest voices for, for staying closed and uh, not talking about reopening. And um, there was a lot of variation I know in Massachusetts from district to district on how much they did. And some districts, it really was a multiple multiple additional months of, of vacation. I, I happen to know of teachers who spent the time doing house projects and they got a lot of home improvement done because they didn't actually have to do anything. And so there's, that gets mixed into it too. Um, 
and it, it's but it's really what strikes me. I mean, there's a an internet meme going around that that people who work in grocery stores and other stores have been interacting with hundreds of people a day for months, uh, and so our our teachers are saying that they're going to be die if they have to interact with the same relatively limited group of people over a couple of of months. And there's some some degree that that's fair, but at the end of the day, we need people need to to do their jobs. And it's, it's a lot easier. And we see this with the $600 extra people are getting for unemployment. It's a lot easier to say, we can't go back to school or we'll die when you're getting paid anyway, and you have no yes. risk to your job. And that, that's a, a reality that, that government union workers, I think, don't quite get from the private sector. You, you you know, everything we do is a risk. And actually, to some extent, that's a, that's a big part of this whole story of this, this disease. We're not, we're not balancing any risks. It's all, if we don't, if we don't shut down everything, we're all going to die. And there's no consideration of the, the downsides of that. And I think that's, that's really what we're seeing in a crystallized way with, with the labor unions right now, with the teachers unions. Well, and this past summer, Justin Katz, I mean, you have daycares that have been open and that certainly we haven't heard about any type of problem. You have summer camps that have been open, but this is, uh, I think, make no mistake about it. This is a full court press as we've talked about and they're vocal and they've made it, you know, the talking points are no one should go back and knock it off Gina and life over lessons. And the simple part, and it does seem to be being driven by like the Providence teachers, the central falls, the inner city uh, teachers are the ones that they, as you say, they would rather just collect a paycheck from their home as opposed to having to drive into an old building and and dealing with the situation. Should people have to pay local taxes that would then go to the school if, in fact, the teacher is not going to show up to the classroom? Oh, no, I mean, there, there really ought to be, this is what I'm saying, there ought to be some kind of school choice, or if parents are going to be doing a lot of homeschooling, then they ought to get some kind of that, some of that money back. Uh, and just generally, people who are paying for services are not receiving. At some point, I mean, we're now, what, six months into this, at some point, you have to stop charging people for services you're not able to provide. Um, but I I think the the notion that there are, there are inner city, there's urban teachers, I think that really starts to point to kind of the, the misfit of our of our way of doing things i mean those are probably the populations that most need a structured classroom setting for their education if you go out to the the suburbs and you know barrington east greenwich <clears throat> relatively speaking you think i would i think we can assume those families are going to do have a lot less of a difficult time with uh distance learning and all that. I mean, they've got, they probably got the computers with no problem. They've got probably larger homes where they can, where they can set up a space for kids to concentrate on their homework and on their, their whatever's happening on the computer screen. Um, so what we end up with is the, the kids who most need to be in the classroom have the, the teachers with the most, the most, well, the most incentive and probably the most justification for being concerned about going back. And that, that's a problem we're, we're not able to address as a society because we get stuck in these battles of, uh, and, and this, this sort of rhetoric where if you send me back, I'm going to die. I mean, come on now. I mean, there's a, there's an elevated risk with COVID, but we're not talking the plague here and we're not, and, and even so we're also not talking that being the only thing that matters in the world. So the, 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 it's just the polarization of our our, our whole pol- political rhetoric has gotten to the point where we can't actually resolve the problems we need to resolve. Uh, and a lot of it, in my view, it has to do with the teachers unions. Do you think, will Governor Raimondo, will she fold, will she cave? Will she cave <laughs> or she was early out saying, I want those kids back in the classroom and it's uh, the final day of August and everyone's even going back before Labor Day. Do you think right now with things sit, is she going to cave? You know, if I if I had to put money, if I had to put my chips on one of the uh, the numbers on a roulette wheel, I, I'd say a partial cave where something she does something that backs it off, pushes the date, does a little bit more of some little a little bit less pressure uh, to to have in class stuff. I mean, the other day she's she said she. she it's too early to throw in a towel. And that's kind of, that's the kind of phrase you use when you're thinking about throwing in a towel. It's not, uh, it's, it's not what you say when you think something is completely 
ridiculous. Uh, and so I, I think that's part of it. And I, she, she is angling for everybody's talking at least about how she's probably angling for a vice presidential seat or somewhere, something in a Biden administration. And she's not going to be able to upset too many powerful Democrat interests uh, to do that. And then you throw, throw on top of it that wanting schools to open puts her on the same side as President Trump, which is just not allowed in our, our current environment. Uh, and I, I think there's probably better than even odds that she'll cave. I, ho I hope I'm wrong, but, but that seems to be the way we're, we're headed. There was also a, um, I think you're right. And I think the, uh, the Ramondo people, I think right now they're not exactly sure what the move is, but you can already hear um, some of the demands that are being made. And that is that they, they think that it's, uh, that they should start after Labor Day. And I had said early on, especially the Providence teachers, they never go back before Labor Day. So the first thing they say is that they should go back like in mid-September because it's really just comes down to Justin. They want to enjoy the first couple of weeks in September. If you think about it, if you're going to do distance learning, what if you're going to do distance learning, you could, you could certainly start to go back uh, before Labor Day, but uh, they're not going to do that. And as you know, with this type of crowd and mob, once you start to cave to their demands, there's no end to their demands. It does become non-negotiable demands. You think you're going to satisfy them. You're not going to satisfy them. I went on that um, Facebook page uh, sometime last week, and it was interesting for me to see anyone that stumbles onto it. And it could be a parent, and they don't know what the real deal is, and they post uh, well, I think it's safe. I mean, I want to send my child back to school and I think they're ready. And, you know, the teacher, I think it's going to be fine. They are pounced upon of, you know, how can you be such a lousy parent? How could you be so selfish? You know, do you want the child to die? Do you want them to bring this disease home to you and you're going to die? And the person immediately backs off like they don't even understand what they just walked into. So and this is, you know, this was sometime last week. Uh, this is only going to amp up a little bit. But I think um, yesterday I was um, in hearing the news reports of, you know, there they are, the honking horns, the signs, the maps. They're, they're gearing up for battle. And, and Justin, as you said, um, well, on the other side, you have the Boston Globe reported that that education commissioner, Afonte Green, she is saying she's committed to Rhode Island. But there's, there must be a reason why New York is once again coming after her because – why what what did she say last time that they didn't get the message that no is no <laughs> well yeah i mean it's hard you you would really have to have be kind of really mission oriented to want to be an education commissioner for a length of time in rhode island and it, it's kind of it's it's almost like uh i mean that was a really good segue actually because the the person stumbling onto a Facebook page of, of activists and making trying to make a reasonable comment is exactly like somebody coming to Rhode Island you're to right. be an yes. education commissioner. You just don't know what you're getting into. And you have to ask no. yourself, I mean, even even at the six figure salaries and you're talking at quarter million dollars a year or whatever it is, uh, you know, even at that, you start to think, you know what, I could get more money in New York and take the same or less garbage from from these radicals. Uh, it. it starts to be, you know, how do you, how do you ever, how do you ever hire anybody at, at that rate? I just, I don't know. And as, as, as far as the, the date, you know, they're going to keep moving to goalposts. You're, you're never arguing in good faith or negotiating in good faith. It's always going to be, oh, we need to do September. Okay, let's go to October. I mean, we're even, you're, we're starting to see now talk about how, oh, even when we have a vaccine, we're not done with COVID, you know, and on, on some level that's true, but but it's the same level of truth of, you know, the, the opposite of we're all going to die. You know, yeah, it's, it's, this is going to be around forever, probably. And but we'll manage it just like there's still tuberculosis, but it's not the, the, the disease it once was or the threat it once was. Um, but that'll be turned into an excuse to, to keep going on, to keep squeezing as much out of the whole thing as, as they can get. And it's, it's that's really a shame. It is. And do you, um, you know, if I'm in Fati Green, who I think, you know, I've interacted with her a couple times at the press briefings. I think she is impressive. But I think um, she has made it very clear. She means business. She wants them back in the classroom. Uh, th this is a real test for Governor Raimondo because this is 
you know, fish or cut bait. I, are we here to fish or are we just here to cut bait? She clearly is not intimidated by them. Uh, back in December, she shared with Dan McGowan that she was texting back and forth with Randy Weingarten, who really is the decision maker as far as the Providence Teachers Union. Uh, all that pushback on the John Hopkins report. They, the uh, the angry mob, teachers unions, they just want her out because they thrive on chaos. So much like they drove Deborah Gist out, they they know that if they can knock her out, it's a win. It would take a while to try to obviously get someone new. And in the interim, then they would once again regain their footing. So, but I think this, this is a real test for Governor Raimondo. And I wonder if she is basically saying to the governor, if you cave, then I'm going to take the, I mean, I don't know, but if you cave to them. I'm taking the New York job. I'm here to oh, educate. A... We did the John Hopkins report. Like, if, and, and the problem, Justin, and I want to hear your thought, but this woman could end up getting the New York job. And she, she obviously doesn't play politics, but she's dealing with her boss who right now is very much in the mix of playing politics because of the whole potential of something with the Biden administration. Yeah, I, I think that's that's exactly it. I mean, the the people will take, especially when you're making that much money and you know you're, you're pretty you're doing really well, um, and there's not much you're going to want for. People will take a job where they think, okay, let me do something that'll be kind of historic, like saving the schools in Rhode Island would be yep. historic, and they'll do that and they'll continue on that fight, even if they are, especially if they're mission oriented, uh, and. When they when they start to realize that the people they need support from, like basic the basic support from, the, say, the governor, when they start to realize that's not coming, uh, then they, it fades. And we saw that with Gist, Deborah Gist after after Kerchery left office, and and she got like Chafee instead. Just yeah. a very a very different different atmosphere. And and her boss does have the politics. I mean, how at this point you've got you? It's almost a, a cognitive dissonance. It's just things not not connecting i mean you've got the governor <clears throat> blaming people's summer backyard parties for killing people <laughs> you know we're still losing lives and it, it, our contact tracing shows it's a lot of backyard parties so when that when you've got your governor saying that he, she's given you given the opposition in this in the fight to go back to school a lot of ammo to say look if if i can't have my family and close friends over for some hot dogs in a backyard how can you possibly put the teachers in a classroom i mean that's right. it's it's an easy argument to make and it's, it's the it's the problem with the, the the political position the governor's in and also i think the way she's handled it she, so i mean she's saying we're, when we're talking about schools oh we don't want any fear mongering but on everything else you know knock it off i'm going to be cracking down on businesses um, you know, you can't have big parties, follow the rules. It's really, it, it, it gets hard to make the case when, when the governor is, is, is using language like that. Folks, um, a lot more ahead. Our segment is Politics This Week. He's Justin Katz, managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, call today, free consultation. It's Scott and Alex, 401-353-9300. Folks, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. But you can call, free consultation, 401-353-9300. They're licensed Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. It's very simple. They're going to help you and your family save money. And maybe it's on your home insurance or life insurance business insurance, auto insurance, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Look for them on Facebook. They also have a great website. It's aemazika.com. Call them at 401-353-9300. What about if you save $200 a month? It's like giving yourself a raise. How about that? An extra $2,500 a year, maybe even more. And also, this time of year, make sure you're covered. Maybe it's for your motorcycle or your boat or jet skis, or an RV, an off-road vehicle, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today, 353-9300-401-353-9300. Let them help you save money. It all starts with one phone call. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. Why not? Let them help you save money. Give yourself a raise. 401 
353-9300. Look for them on Facebook, and their website is aemazika.com. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400, 294-2400, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401-710-7096, 401-710-7096, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning, I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at, at 9 o'clock at 5 of 9. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said, Ryan's Appliance Repair. He came right in, fixed the driver uh, dryer Excuse me, within five minutes, and then... I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make a microwave popcorn, and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096, and then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor, and... He'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401-710-7096. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, let's talk about, um, and thank you, by the way, for your uh, concern and, and kind words. I was at that protest. Um, if you want to call it a protest, it was out of the box. Uh, this was a group that was set on fighting police and violence. Um, I, as I was there, uh, and I walked right up the street, you can see in the video, I was the only real member of the media. What they do is there are some freelancers that go out for them, but it's not like reporters. There are these guys that go and then they get some footage of events, whatever, maybe a fire or something like that. And then they, sell it to them but once again the um this this was a message of uh they came out of the box on saturday night and they they wanted to just fight the police and they had uh you know uh, balloons that had some kind of liquid in it and throwing different things and punching um we'll we'll get to the incident with me in just a moment but what is your reaction that, once again, some of the people arrested are teachers? They're involved with education, are supposed to be, but they're, they're teachers. You had that situation a couple of weeks ago with the, the Columbus Day statue. The Columbus statue, Christopher Columbus statue, was vandalized by a teacher. And these were Paul Cuffey School, and these are teachers of, uh, of the other night. And, and Justin, the message of police brutality indeed we haven't had police brutality in rhode island this is all this is all just to you know support for portland and mix it up and go after the police that was really to me the message of saturday night yeah well i i one of the first things that jumps to my mind is the you still are hearing from time to time uh, reports that the, the all the violence is actually white supremacist groups um that are trying to tar the Black Lives Matter movement with a with with violence, and right. you know, if, if that were true, you'd be seeing it in the arrests, right? But instead, you're seeing teachers, you're seeing radicals, and that's so. That's the one of the first things I thought. And the next thing is, you know, the public school teacher at this point is a is a great job for a very attractive job for progressives particularly yeah. activists um and that's not this that's definitely not to say that all teachers are that but i'm saying that you, we've set things up that it's really is uh, it really is i mean the, the center for freedom and prosperity this week has a report coming out about how uh unions and 
particular teachers unions spend a lot of money on, on political and their progressive um, progressive causes. And in fact, in Rhode Island, six years ago or eight years ago, I'm losing track of time, uh, when Netroots Nation, the far left uh, group of convention group came to Rhode Island, our local union members, and you know all the names, George Nee, you know, Pat Crowley, they had, a, they had a panel talking about how in Rhode Island they've set it up as progressive activism and it's called the, the one big union approach. Uh, where they just all they union, unify everything the progressive movement and the labor unions, uh, and that's that's what we're getting in education. And so you know it's, it's not really surprising. I, I mean, not not the least because it's summer and public school teachers have off. So you've got what else can you do? You're getting you're, you're getting paid. You, you go out and do your protesting. Uh, but it's so it's it's radicals. They never, they'll never face consequences, and they've got the backing of their unions, which have set things up, uh, not only with with the not only with the the backing of the unions and the summers off, but also with just the ideology that they they push this far left progressive ideology. It's all very attractive to that sort of person. So it's it's not surprising that a, a, a periodically or even frequently you would see the people the most radical of them being having some sort of job in a, a government office or a school. And I want to back up just for a moment now. So Thursday night of last week, folks, there was supposed to be the Back to Blue rally and uh, uh, show support for the police at the Providence Public Safety Complex. Thursday afternoon, uh, emergency alert came through, severe thunderstorms. So the people that were going to have the rally decided, well, we're not going to try to have an outside rally and severe thunderstorms and uh, hail and gusts of winds and so forth. So it was postponed. Well, some people still showed up and some people, even though when they found out it was postponed, still wanted to stay. And then Black Lives Matter showed up and then they started. If you see it, they are very aggressive. And uh, there was a young girl. She's a teen, 18 or 19, could be 19, who hit the police with a bullhorn and very aggressive going out. Another guy with then was fighting, had a knife. Justin, on Friday, the Channel 10 headline said two arrested at back the blue rally. Well, why couldn't they put two arrested that were members of Black Lives Matter? There wasn't a back. There wasn't a rally. It was postponed. The two people that were arrested, they weren't part of the back the back the blue rally. They were Black Lives Matter. And then finally, the the female. It was then being reported the teenage female still being held without bail. But what they didn't report that I put on my website to petro.com is the reason she was being held without bail. On Friday was because this girl, and again, they say teenager, but if you're 19, you're a teenager or 18, but she was arrested for felony assault. She brought a gun to high school uh, back in January. And on Saturday, Channel 12 did an interview with her. What's it like to be a teen activist arrested? And they never asked her about the gun charge. And it, it is incredible how the media portrays it they they didn't want a headline that said two members of black lives matter arrested they had no problem saying two arrested at back the blue rally and then how do you do an interview with someone saying what's it like to be a brave teen activist and you don't even ask them that several months ago this girl had been arrested by bringing a gun to school yeah i mean i <laughs> as cynical as I've, i have been about the news media and we i think you and i both you know cut out some bit of an exception for state and local media, you know, and, and respect for, for what the job they do. But I, so I've been kind of surprised even recently about the, just the, how much they will, they're just pushing this narrative and it's almost like they're just blind to the fact that they're, they're doing that, whether they're, you know, they're interviewing somebody, the, the firefighter from Providence talking about uh, racial profiling with no facts at all. That's right. You know, on the journalist side, whether that or or ignoring the the violence from a Black Lives Matter activist, um, I mean, a Providence Journal called Saturday Night's riot rally thing. Uh, they called it raucous, like yes. like it's a like it's a tailgating party. And, yes. and then the final paragraph was, oh, they just they want justice for people. You know, it's they, they're enabling this kind of radicalism, and it, and it gets back to the incident with you. I don't think I've I, I don't think I've seen 
anybody report that yet. So, no, uh, we're we're on our side of things. We're just non-person, and it, it really it's it's disconcerting. And I don't want to overstate things, but it starts to make you understand how some of the worst things in history can happen because people just kind of ignore it. You know, okay, well, it's just it's just those local conservatives. It's just some rabble rousers who I've I've never liked, and then but then it escalates, and you're you're they're invested in this narrative where one people who who follow the mainstream news and only follow that or, or and most people just kind of get it from there absorb it from mainstream news they have a completely false picture of what's going on because of the way it's reported and i think part of the change at least which which i found channel 12 wpri to be striking in this regard uh just the the degree frankly in which they've fallen for me in trustworthiness in the past six months to a year to me i think a lot of it is an indication of the the, the what they call the march through the institutions where you're just they're Journalist schools are just cranking out these radical kids who, who they can't even they can't even process objective reality. It's it's all filtered through the, uh, just a left wing radical uh, perspective, and so that that's the narrative. That's the truth they know before they find out any facts, and so that's how they report it. And so what they're doing is they're enabling violence and and chaos, and it, it, it's not an encouraging development. A lot of the reporters are young. The protesters are young. And when I say young, the people arrested the other night, they were in their uh, mid to late 20s and early 30s. I just, I, I'm starting to wonder if maybe they feel they identify with them. And when, when they call them, boy, that was brave, maybe they do think of it as, as brave. Maybe they, in a different setting, would like to be out there with them. But um, they have a different job, and so they can't. But even the Providence Journal has a story, Clash of Protesters, Police Reverberates in Providence. Well, the story then talks about how terrifying it was for the protesters that at one point a police cruiser almost drove towards some of them. Now, as someone that, again, was right there in the thick of it, this was a mob that came. It was larger than I think anyone thought, 150. And, and Justin, and they have, you know, the bicycle helmets the goggles um they have some a lot of them have gloves you you think they're that you think you're looking at something like from portland or seattle they're they're there to do battle and there's they're very aggressive and they go tearing in and they were throwing things um at the police that had some kind of chemical into it into a balloon uh they're ready to vandalize it, it's it's a it's a real atmosphere of anything can happen. And, and I give the only reason the police are able to withstand it, I think is because of the, uh, of the, the training they have and the ability to stay within the training and stay on it. But this is, they, they wound those protesters up like they were going into a battle. There's a speech beforehand. I'm not saying it's like Braveheart, but uh, definitely part of that. But if anything, uh, there was no reaction on how did it feel that the police that there was a real in the air of uncertainty of of just what they they were willing to do. They have backpacks. Um, uh, the, the, the fear is the unknown. And yet it's interesting how the journal story on it puts that how terrifying it must have been for some of those protesters when a police cruiser. No one. None of them got hurt, by the way, was going right at them. Well, I, I think to your initial question, I, I don't think there's any question that especially the younger journalists and, and a lot of the older ones, too, I think, really do. And they're, they're so absorbed by this narrative. They really do think uh, these kids, uh, both young adults uh, going after going out and, and showing up for battle with the police in a pretty progressive city, in a very Democrat state, they, they really do somehow turn that around into this brave battle against injustice uh and there's no evidence that that doesn't reinforce it for them that so that's the narrative they just cannot they can't break it they they have they don't have the training uh the 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 schools have been the higher education especially has been radicalized so that they don't know how to break down objective arguments and so they're not able to process the reality that 
hey, wait, we're going up against these these cops. Even even you know a couple months ago, we would have been rah rah you know for our local police people because they because there was a union angle in the story or something like that. So I, I think absolutely they they think it's it's a very bizarre thing. It's like they they're doing this. It's a performance almost to them. They don't almost don't realize it's a a you know life or death thing where people are going to get hurt, and so they it's just this narrative they're going in. And so that's why, you know, it's, it's, it's a story when a car comes close to hitting somebody, that's crazy. It's, it's a big outrage when somebody, if in one of these crowds, you'll see it from time to time. It's a big outrage. If, if somebody walking by a female journalist says something rude, like you shouldn't have to go through that as a member of the media, that's all outrage. That's all terrible, but you're attacked with a laser. Yes. And that's not even a story. I mean, yeah. that's that shows you right there the the dissonance here, the the inability of them to understand what news is and what's going on in the world. And I think, frankly, it's 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 time for an alternative to to displace these people because they're they're not providing reliable uh, information. They're fear mongering across the scale. They're pushing a particular political line, and even at the state level, we now know. It's a real problem, and I'm not sure what can be done about it until people start waking up to that fact. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, you know, I didn't make a big deal about it, but my vehicle was actually damaged uh, by some of the protesters when I was covering one of the protests. I didn't make a huge deal about it i wouldn't want to be the focal point but it's true some of the uh protesters they did they damaged my vehicle they broke the window on the side of my car so what did i do i brought it to west fountain auto body and you can call them today 272-3340 i had to get it fixed it was obviously damaged they also damaged part of the door and so i took it to west fountain i called kenny at West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. It's Kenny and Patricia, West Fountain folks. They did a fantastic job. With me, I mean, that's there was only one place I was going to bring it. I needed to get my car fixed. Now, listen, if you're ever in an automobile accident, something happens to your vehicle, and you need to get it repaired, call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340, 272-3340, the original, the best, Right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex, it's West Fountain Auto Body. Call them today, 272-3340. They'll handle everything for you. If you're in an accident, something happens to your car, bring it to West Fountain. 400 West Fountain Street, Providence, right behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. West Fountain Auto Body. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look. Right now, spring is the time. You can text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585. They have a great Facebook page, Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home the side of your home on your pavement on your patio maybe it's on the basketball court bethel certified softwash they have a great facebook page jared the before and after pictures are just incredible what your home could look like or your garage your property with bethel 
certified soft wash power wash now jared he came to our house folks it looks brand new get rid of you know it just happens you build up some of that algae and mildew and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime bethel certified soft wash power wash especially now we're spending more time outside you want your house and property to look the best it can jared did a fantastic job my neighbors are saying my goodness juan look how beautiful your house look it looks so clean my kids said daddy it's like the house got a bath they said it did get a bath from bethel certified soft wash text jared free same day text estimate 401-617-2585 find them on facebook it's bethel certified soft wash it's going to make your property your home your deck your walkway any outdoor surface he can get rid of it as far as the algae mildew gets rid of it with a very safe solution it's bethel certified soft wash for those that are hearing that and by the way folks again it's sean DePietro with justin katz managing at oceanstatecurrent.com that did happen uh i did post a statement about that um on the website depetro.com and justin what's also interesting to me is I started going to these just sim- simply because I found the coverage lacking. I found that it wasn't – I would talk to police, other people. They'd say, my God, that's totally not what happened. And when that did happen, I was the only member of the media still there. I'm the only one that captured that they arrested that person. Um, but the angle – that see, that takes away from the narrative that they're just peaceful protesters. Or that – I remember that was other story just a couple of weeks ago about the riot that said – you know, really, it was just a bunch of kids that went down for the right reasons, and they kind of got caught up at the moment. There is a narrative that is being pushed. Um, you saw that Providence City Council person, Kat Kerwin, who's hanging out at, I mean, of all places to hang out, this place, Fortnite, which is right in downtown Providence, they have all obscene messages about police there. That is like Antifa headquarters, if there was one. Now, on the one hand, I, I think it's terrible that you're hanging out at a place like that. And then number two, they feel that there's no rules. This place, they just decide to play pump speakers, music into the street. And then the police got some complaints because there are people that live downtown. And this city council person in Providence, and just to remind people, she's the one that encouraged violence towards the Christopher Columbus statue. She was the one that were calling the Providence College kids racist because they were having a parade outside their apartments on um, River Avenue uh back when uh, time for graduation and she also showed up at the riot and she was screaming at the police and telling them to get out of there and uh i'll tell you justin that is i think that cat Kerwin, that is the highest ranking that we can determine activist who has been elected to to in office she's on the providence city council Right. In, in which case, she could do something if she doesn't think there are there should be noise ordinances downtown. Right. right. I mean, that she's in a position to to make some change, and so instead she goes after the people, the police, who are there to enforce the rules that her own government uh, puts in place. I think it's, it's she's really kind of crystallizes what the what the progressive movement has become about. I mean, it's it's everybody else has to follow the rules, as Governor Raimondo said, or people are going to die. On the other hand, they don't have to follow. So if you're if you're some seniors at Providence College and you want to have a, a party on your off-campus apartment with people you've known now for four years and you're graduating and you know you, it's a relatively small group of close close group of people who know each other, if you go out and have loosen up a little bit when you're graduating, that's you're deadly, you're dangerous, you're racist, all that stuff. But you know what? If if you're a, a, a radical wine bar uh, with whose whose owners I believe were arrested for vandalizing City Hall with an anti-police yeah. message. If 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 you're that, well then no you should be able to do whatever you want. And that's really gets down to the attitude. You know, back backyard parties kill people, protests and, and riots in the street, that's fine. I mean I so I, it's not just Cat Kerwin. It goes up to the, the governor and beyond uh, this kind of attitude. And it's it's it, it it's eye opening if anybody's paying attention to it uh and but that's where that's where the problem with the news media comes into play if if nobody's there reporting it uh and if nobody's telling the truth about how it's all going down and who's involved and what's going on people don't know how to how to pick the the good guys and the bad guys and they can't see the the hypocrisy of it i mean it, it starts to get it, it, i mean i don't want to again overstate things but i 
I'm a little shaken up by the laser thing with you. I mean, he, a few weeks ago at one of these rallies, I got, I was tweeted at by some of the activists in there. One of them, and one of them is, I think, a paid activist for one of these groups. And they said, hey, we missed you at our rally. We'll catch you next time. And he posted a picture of the contractors from Fallujah, you know, assassinated, hanging upside down on a bridge. You know, I, up until, say, last week, I could kind of start to laugh that stuff off as just some radical uh, being, a, you know, cosplaying as a, as a, as a, revolutionary but you start to wonder and when when nobody has your back you know just a basic when you can't even rely on the news media and when the when the protesters start to realize hey we can do whatever and the news media is going to treat us like sensitive heroes as they did with that teenager you were mentioning earlier that that really creates a dangerous situation. And it's one in which, you know, you can't have a dissenting opinion, which is supposed to be what the news media is there to provide is that, that objective look so people can make good decisions. And so we, there, I, I think a lot of blame goes to this news media locally uh, and in, in allowing us to continue. And, and I, I mean, I, I mentioned it the other day, but I'll, I'll share with you. So I spent Sunday at, the emergency room i i have to have someone drive me to see a specialist this there's something wrong um I, i'm just taking it day by day uh you know the police have been i've been fully cooperating with the police they arrest the individual they take it very serious but i i i also think it's interesting to me how such a hurry the media was to get out of there the other night uh, to me it was like leaving in the seventh inning because there were still people lurking around. Um, this did happen, but there were some people. It's I almost feel that my uh, covering this stuff goes against the narrative, and it goes against the narrative that they've tried to establish. And then they they start to push back. Uh, I had a situation where I uh, the Saturday night before I broke the story that that councilman Igliosi that he had had his house vandalized, and that. Um, and that he had police protection there. And then there's a reporter that then had it from channel 12 the next day or Monday. And then suddenly they start attacking you on, on Twitter. And then, and then on, um, on Wednesday, uh, that that's what it was. Then when I was at the governor's thing, they started asking. And then when I pointed out the channel 10 headline two arrested at back, the blue rally, when it should have said two members of black lives matter, Maybe it's a coincidence, but the next day, someone from Channel 10 starts attacking you and, and pushing back. So I, I always now, if you if you break a story, I then just prepare and I even, you know, um, say to a friend of mine, like, watch, now there's someone, now they're going to swing back because then someone's maybe saying to them, how come you didn't have that type of story? Before I let you go, what is your uh, take on um, this whole business? Where do you think it's going to leave with Nellie Gorbia, the, the Secretary of State in the mail ballots? Well, uh, she's she's broke. She's back down on the September 8th um, primary. I, I think we'll see another push for the November election. Uh, I, I don't want to get to the point of this, the conspiracy theorists out there, uh, but it's really starting to feel like let's they're just setting up situations for massive amounts of fraud in the election. Uh, and one of the things I, I'm going to be looking for is, is that narrative is going to mix in with the one we were talking about earlier where the progressive teachers unions are pushing the uh the idea that nobody's safe to go back to school i think that's going to mix in with the mail ballot thing where you know if if you if you if they win if you can't go back to school well how can you be expected to go out and vote uh and so we need these everybody to do mail ballots and set up the situation for massive amounts of fraud Uh, i think that's that's where nelly gorbia secretary of state's going with this i think folks again he is the managing editor of oceanstatecurrent.com he's justin katz Justin, uh, great to talk to you. Uh, Thank you for everything, and I'll talk to you again. You too, John. Stay well. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, located 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Stop in and see Ron and Melissa. First of all, how about free coffee for police and military? Ron's Pastry Gourmet, you're going to find an incredible selection. Now, they are right off of Silver Spring Street, right near the cellos, and then next to AAA in Providence. Look for them on Facebook. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, but you can find them 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right near Branch Avenue, but right around the corner from Cello's and inside, well, sausage and peppers, eggplant, all delicious calzones, meatball calzones, Philly cheesesteak calzones, pepperoni and cheese calzones, pizza strips, and then the most delicious cannolis, brownies, 
delicious cakes. They'll make a special cake for you. And also the Trump chocolate-covered donuts, Trump soda, and also Trump cupcakes. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, the number one bakery in Rhode Island. Stop it and see them. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Look for them on Facebook. They're right around the corner from Cello's, right off of Silver Spring Street and right near Branch Avenue. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Ron and Melissa, they're right near the AAA location in Providence. Stop in and see them. You're going to love it. Get some of those Trump chocolate-covered donuts. And they salute our police and military Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland. Do you need a good plumber? Are you in need of a good plumber? You know, suddenly you have a plumbing emergency? Well, call Victor Quartz today at 401-714-8478. Whether it's problems with your pipes or your drain, repair and maintenance, you can depend on Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland. Family-run business over 20 years. Call Victor Quartz today at Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland, 401-714-8478. Fully licensed and insured, a plumbing service you can depend on. You're in need of a plumber, something wrong, the bathroom, the kitchen, some pipes, a drain. Call Quartz Plumbing of Cumberland today, 401-714-8478, 401-714-8478. Family-run business over 20 years. Call Victor Quartz at Quartz Plumbing today. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380. Remember now, Providence and North of Providence, I want you to try the 99.9 FM. 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that, on the dashboard, at the website, you'll see where it says Radio Show. If you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on Radio Show, and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show. <laughs> 